Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for standing by and welcome to the Colabors third quarter 2020 results conference call. At this time, all participants are in a lesson-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I will refer you to the forward-looking statement in the accompanying presentation available on the company's website. This call is only open to analysts. I will now like to turn the conference over to your speaker today, Louis Frenet, President and CEO. Thank you. Bonjour, mesdames et messieurs. Merci d'avoir patienté et bienvenue à la conférence téléphonique des résultats du troisième trimestre 2020. Présentement, toutes les lignes des participants sont en mode d'écoute. Après la présentation, il y aura une période de questions et réponses. Pour poser une question, appuyez sur étoile 1 sur votre téléphone. Si vous avez besoin d'aide, veuillez appuyer sur étoile 0. Je voudrais vous référer à la notice concernant les énoncés prospectifs contenus dans la présentation aux investisseurs disponibles sur le site de la société. Cet appel est seulement ouvert aux analystes. Je vais maintenant céder la parole à M. Louis Frenet, président et chef de la direction. À vous la parole. Merci beaucoup, Julie. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Calabance Group 2020 Third Quarter Results Conference Call. This is Louis Frenet, the President and Chief Executive Officer. Last evening, we released our earnings results for the 12th and 36th week period ended September 5, 2020. The press release and disclosure documents can be found uh, on our website at www.cdar.com. I'm joined today by Marie-France Laberge, our Corporate Controller and Interim Chief Financial Officer. It has already been over six months since we started dealing with the uh, onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. I would like to reiterate once again how proud I am of all of our employees who have stood up to the challenge and continue to work tirelessly to help Colaba and our customers navigate these unprecedented times. Given the current context, we are very pleased with our financial results for the third quarter and year to date. Our profitability is up, our balance sheet is stronger, and we are now in the best position we have been in many years. At the start of our third quarter, the government of Quebec started easing restrictive measures, which allowed restaurants and gradually reopened their dining operations across the province. Inter-regional travel restrictions were also lifted, which helped the tourist industry, particularly outside of the large metropolitan areas. Our wide geographical reach within the province positioned as well to capture some of this momentum during the summer months. Our diversified customer base 
also continue to serve us well. We serve a variety of retail and institutional clients, such as hospital, long-term care center, military base, food banks, and other not-for-profit organizations. In the second and third quarter, we further broaden our diversification and adding new retail and institutional relationships, which have allowed us to continue capturing food spending. On the revenue front, although our consolidated sales were down by 27.1% or $45 million, we estimated that only approximately 10% came from the effect of COVID-19 pandemic. The balance of the variance comes from the effect of the historical contract loss in our specialty distribution activities from our decision to stop serving non-profitable contracts and lower intercompany sales, mainly resulting from divestiture of our Ontario activities. On the profitability front, the transformation initiative that we started deploying over the last two years and cost mitigation measure quickly implemented at the start of the pandemic, including the support of the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy, supported higher operating profitability in the third quarter. Higher cash flow from operations and proceeds from the sales of the Ontario division have allowed us to reimburse debt and improve our leverage ratio. As a reminder, the Ontario division had an annual adjusted EBITDA drag of approximately $8 million and of about $2 million in the third quarter of last year. Together with various cash preservation measures and our continued eligibility to the Canadian, Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy, we are in a good financial position. As we stand today and for the entire month of October, the government of Quebec is requiring that all restaurants located in maximum alert zones close their dining operations. As we stand today, the major effects areas are located around Greater Montreal, Quebec City, and uh, some uh, other areas. The situation is constantly evolving, and we do not yet know if these restrictions will be uh, reinstated when they come due at the end of October. As we are entering the second wave, we believe that restaurants and consumers have adapted to dine-out option, and uh, this will not bring us back to uh, where we were during the first wave. I also remain confident that we have demonstrated the resiliency of our team, of our diversified business model, and of our ability to manage through the crisis. We are also stronger from our COVID lessons learned. We have a more resilient supply chain. Many of our restaurants' customers have now added takeout and delivery options. We developed new retail and institutional relationships and we implemented new and more rigorous health and safety measures. As our third quarter results show, we have adapted and became more agile. We are also pursuing the transformation of Calabar by working to further improve the efficiency of our network, create synergies, adapt our offering, and even grow in key markets. We remain focused on navigating through this uh, new environment and continuing to raise profitability 
all while keeping our employees, customers, and the community safe. Uh, with this, Marie-France, I turn the call over to you for a review of the financial results. Thank you, Louis, and good morning, everyone. Um, I'm pleased to be here with you today to review our financial results for the third quarter of fiscal 2020. Consolidated, consolidated sales from continued activities were down 27.1% to $120.9 million. Sales in the distribution segment decreased by 33.5% to $81.7 million, and, in the, and it's explained by the specialty distribution activities down by $23.7 million from the end of the distribution contract, which represented $18 million in the equivalent quarter of last year, and from lower volume related to the COVID-19 pandemic during the entire duration of the quarter. It's also explained by our distribu broadline distribution sales, down by $17.4 million from our earlier decision to stop serving non-profitable contracts in the fourth quarter of 2019, which represented $9 million in the equivalent quarter of last year, and from lower volume of sales from our restaurant and institutional customers in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. This was mitigated by an increase in retail and institutional sales from current and new customers onboarded in the second and third quarters of 2020. Sales in the wholesale segment decreased by 10.5% to $50.8 million, mainly from the effect of the pandemic and from lower inter-segment sales resulting from the sale of our Ontario division. Adjusted EBITDA from continuing operation reached 10.1 million or 8.4% of sales compared with 8.5 million or 5.1% in the third quarter of last year. The improvement in margin comes from the decision to stop serving less profitable contracts, efficiency measures, the adoption of IFRS 16, which reduced rent expenses by 2 million, a reduction of salary expenses, and a 0.9 million contribution from the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy. This was mitigated by the lower volume of sales experienced during the quarter and the favorable reversal of a provision of 0.2 million taken in the third quarter of last year. When removing the effect of the adoption of IFRS 16 on our 2020 Q3 EBITDA of the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy, and adjusting for the positive effect of the 0.2 provision reversal, our adjusted, adjusted EBITDA as a percentage of sales stands at 5.8% compared with 5.1% last year. Net earnings from continuing operation was $3.4 million or $0.03 per share, down from net earnings of $3.7 million or $0.0 per share in the corresponding quarter of 2019. This result from higher depreciation charge and income taxes mitigated by higher adjusted EBITDA and lower financing charge. Net earnings were $1.8 million or $0.02 per share compared to net earnings of $1.7 million or $0.02 per share in Q3 2019. This slight improvement is attributable to the above explained items and to a reduction of 0.3 million in the loss 
from discontinued activities. Cash flows from operating activities amounted to 17.2 million in Q3 2020, down from 18.6 million in the equivalent quarter of 2019. This decrease is mainly due to a higher use of working capital, mitigated by the effect of RFRS 16 and increase in adjusted EBITDA. As at September 5, 2020, our net debt, including the convertible debentures and back indebtedness, amounted to 56.2 million compared to 68.2 million at the end of fiscal 2019. Higher cash flows since the start of the year from operating activities and from the proceed of the sale of the Ontario division were used to reimburse a portion of the of debt. Our financial leverage ratio now stands at 1.9 times versus 2.5 times in fiscal 2019. By excluding the effect of RFRS 16, our leverage ratio stands at 2.4 times, which includes the convertible debentures. As these numbers demonstrate, Colabar remains in a good position financially. At the end of the third quarter of 2020, we had 15 million outstanding on our subordinated debt, which was extended in Q2 and now is due on February 15, 2022. Our banking facility was also extended in Q2 and now due in October 2021, remain unused and on which we have 40.6 million of available borrowing capacity. Although the pandemic will continue to have an impact on our sales and short-term adjusted EBITDA, we do not expect this situation to have a material impact on our available liquidity. I will now like to turn the call over to the operator for a Q&A period. Thank you. At this time, if you'd like to ask a question, press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. Please wait while we compile the question. And your first question comes from the line of Cal Mexi with Carmark Securities. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my questions. Um, Starting on the revenue line, specifically the, the moving parts feeding that year-over-year that -year revenue change, I just wanted to confirm a couple of things. So first, on the specialized distribution contract elimination that has been hitting the year-over-year -year trend, will that be fully lapped after one more quarter, so allowing your revenue line to look far more stable entering 2021, all else equal, or, or is that year-over-year -year dynamic from that specialty distribution contract going to extend into next year? Uh, the contract uh, has been terminated in uh, February uh, 2020, 2020, so we'll continue to see an impact uh, until the, the, the Q1 21. Got it. Okay. Um, okay, and then similar question on, on the revenue line. The, the broad line volume that you've been choosing to, to cut out, the lower margin stuff you've been getting rid of, is that cleanup process now largely done at Colabor, so, so that year-over-year -year dynamic? Uh, will also uh, finally be lapped uh, exiting this year. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, yes. This uh, is very helpful, and the uh, uh, we we stop those contracts at the end of the uh, the end of 2019, and uh, that 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 effect is going to continue. So the that, that's a big reason why the margin is better. The margins are better. Uh, also, in our day-to-day -day operations, we look at productivities, uh, making some synergies and 
and we work on the variable cost. So this is uh, our day-to-day -day job uh, to do this. So uh, uh, it's there to continue. Okay, so so when you say uh, it'll continue, does that mean that we'll see more significant kind of volume cutouts that will take your margins higher, or no, or, no, or no, can no, you confirm no, no. that process is largely done? Yes, sorry, yeah, that uh, process is largely done, and the uh, of course we look at all of our contracts and uh, and, and we pay attention to them and uh, try to add them uh, positive. Got it. Okay, that's helpful. Uh, and then m moving over to the gross margin line. So, so you've obviously seen some nice gross margin percentage pickup in, in recent quarters versus what we saw last year. So that's obviously related to getting rid of the lower margin stuff uh, and, and getting rid of Ontario. Um, but the gross margin took another big jump higher this quarter uh, to 17.8%. And I'm just hoping you can offer some color on what we should expect going forward. Is it reasonable to expect you hold gross margin in the 17, 18% range or or it's kind of your your first half results in the 16% range more reasonable going forward. Any any color there would be appreciated. Well, I don't want to give much color, but uh, the 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 idea is that uh, we work on our gross margin on the, uh, in our uh, business development that uh, it improves and the uh, uh, we add the uh, uh, a better uh, better product mix during the the period favorable that help the margin and uh, our customer mix uh, also is helping so uh, uh, this should continue got it okay and then uh, moving on to covid um, it, it it looks like the covid impact on volume was was much lower in q3 versus what we saw in q2 and that makes sense given the restaurants were reopened uh, for most of q3 i'm wondering now, can you offer any color on what you're seeing in Q4 so far as the restaurant channel has been forced to reclose, uh, as you mentioned? Um, is that Q4 drag that you're seeing similar to what you saw in Q2 when, when things were closed for most of the quarter, or is the drag now not as bad given everyone seems to be more prepared this time around with things like delivery and takeout? Well, that's a good question, and uh, uh, hopefully not. Uh, what happened in Q2 was the uh, total economy shut down at uh, one point in time, and uh, there was very little uh, uh, restaurants that were offering uh, takeout or home delivery uh, uh, service at the beginning uh, of the, the, the pandemic. And uh, over time, uh, until it reopened on June 15th, uh, over time, the restaurant adapted and adjusted uh, with takeout and uh, home delivery uh, service. Uh, so what happened in the second wave is that uh, the day after it was announced, they were uh, already up and running, most of them, with uh, what they had at the, at the end of the first wave of the pandemic. So it should not be the same. It should not be as drastic as it was. Uh, and... Uh, um, a great majority of restaurants are staying open with uh, that uh, system, and they were all installed. Uh, they, 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 they were equipped uh, to to do uh, takeout and uh, home delivery. So, so they had that big practice in uh, <laughs> in, in the first wave of Q2. Yeah, got it. That's helpful. And, and is it fair to say that you now have? Uh, these new are there more of these new retail and institutional clients versus what you had in Q2 to to offset this restaurant hit? Uh, 
Yeah, we have some of the some of those uh, retail customers that uh, uh, stayed with us in Q3. Uh, so we uh, count that as new customers, and uh, we'll continue to uh, to to serve them. Uh, about institutional uh, business, uh, where we're looking in our day-to-day uh, uh, job is to 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 gain new customers, and uh, uh, that's helpful. Got it. Okay. Thanks for that, color. Uh, and and then last question for me on capex. Can you offer any guidance going forward on what what does a normal maintenance capex year look like? You what we should expect in a year like 2021? Yeah. Yeah. For the 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 the, the, the first part of the year, we we have uh, at this point 1.3 million of uh, of capex. We expect to. Uh, to have another 1.5 million and uh, for the rest of the year, so for a total of around uh, 3 million this year. Um, with the COVID, we, we clearly postponed uh, some projects. Uh, we are actually revisiting uh, the project for 2021, so normally we should expect to have higher capex next year. Got it. Okay, that's uh, all the questions for me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And there are no further questions at this time. I will turn the call back over to the presenters for closing remarks. Thank you, uh, Julie, and thanks, Kyle, for your uh, questions. As I said in my opening remarks, we are very happy with our performance this quarter and especially with our ability to efficiently manage both our operations and financial situation through the uh, unprecedented situation. In this current context, we were able to improve our profitability, generate significant cash flow, reimburse debt, and strengthen our balance sheet. We are now in the best situation that we have been in many years. Looking ahead, we remain committed to pursuing the transformation of Calabar by focusing on our broadline distribution activities in Quebec, delivering efficiencies, and improving our employer rent. We are grateful to be able to continue to count on the dedication and hard work of our employees and the support from the labor union, our financial partners, shareholders, our customers, and our suppliers. This concludes our call for the third quarter of 2020. Thank you very much for joining us. Stay safe and healthy. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.